Hey, everybody, and welcome to the FYI podcast, where we talk about faith, life, adulting, relationships, finances, and so much more. I'm Josiah Keneally. Oh, and I'm Mikey Keneally. We're your hosts. It's a joy to be on this journey. Thanks for tuning in, for rating, for subscribing, for leaving us an honest five-star review on Spotify, on Apple. We're so, so grateful to do this podcast together. Isn't it a fun journey? I think he's had his two cups of coffee and he's a little squirrely this morning. So yes, this has been a very fun journey. Can you believe it? Shouldn't I be? Shouldn't I be excited? Yes, you should be very excited. This is it's funny. It's pumpkin spice latte season here in Minnesota. It's back to school, fall. The leaves are soon going to be changing colors. Okay. And- what makes a good cup of coffee? I'm going to ask you that before we even get started today. Oh my gosh, I'd say pumpkin spice. Well, what what does it have to have? Like the froth, the temperature, the beans? Like what is it just Starbucks? I mean, order Starbucks up? does phenomenal. <laughs> we I like a rise and uh, mug shots locally as well. They're Ooh, yeah. more kind of third wave. Mom and pop shops. Mom and pop shops. Oh, I love like that. The supporting local. Yeah. And thanks to many of you who support this podcast, mm-hmm. whether it's by listening, sharing. Um, we want to just say that we're working on adding a few sponsors and mm-hmm. ads to this podcast. So stay tuned on that. Last week's episode went bonkers and yeah. Maddie from Grand Canyon University simply asked, can we have all the spiritual gifts? Mm-hmm. And so if you haven't streamed that one or watched that one on YouTube, um, I think that's answering a great question that a lot of people are having and mm-hmm. Owen kind of uncovers one layer deeper. Can I? Uh, it's so kick good. It to it's Owen's a great. Question? It's a great question. So here we go. Owen sent us a direct message with this question on Instagram at FYI Podcast, and he said, "I have a question about speaking in tongues." He said that he's grown up in a Baptist church, but recently he's been going to a non-denominational church with mostly people who have Pentecostal views of theology and Christianity. He doesn't believe in speaking in tongues, and he's never personally experienced in it in his life, but he doesn't feel like it makes him any less closer to Jesus. He does want to keep an open mind and learn about the topic, but this is what he says. Owen says, I was curious if you all can do an episode that elaborates on this topic. I love the podcast and it has helped me so much. He says, thank you, Josiah and Micah. Yeah. We want to say, Owen, thank you so much for even, even leaving us a question. And we pray that this podcast does bless people and it does challenge people in their walk with faith, but also comes alongside and just encourages them ultimately yeah. to become more like Christ and dive into the the word of God and dive into relationship with him and get plugged into a local church and just really take the relationship with Jesus seriously. Exactly. And so we want to uncover some of this question and unpack some of the the, the layers behind that question in and of itself. So thank you for even going there. So seriously. And what we acknowledge is we're going to share the theological views that we have, and we're going to present some others as well, because mm-hmm. um, there's ultimately going to be some different distinctives. There's mm-hmm. going to be some views that we would die for. There's some views that we would defend. And then there's kind of those mm-hmm. third layer. If you picture like the inner circle is die for, that's like, Jesus is God, the salvation of man, the sins of man, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But then there's things that we would maybe defend, such as 
maybe this or others. And then there's mm-hmm. outer more layers that are a little bit more distinctive that we would just more discuss mm-hmm. and we can agree to disagree, mm-hmm. but we could still worship together. We mm-hmm. could still be brothers and sisters in Christ in community together. Yeah. And, um, but I think that what we acknowledge is FYI has a listener audience and a viewing audience of people from all kinds of backgrounds, whether yep. you're a skeptic, whether you have deconstructed your faith, maybe you're an atheist or agnostic, or just somebody curious about following Jesus as a young adult. And there's people from all kinds of different walks of life and faith upbringings, or even current Mm -hmm. church involvement. And we just want to acknowledge that and say, that's beautiful. That's the body of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you had just talked about where you've grown up. Well, yeah. Like I just, I'll refer to Owen because this is his question. So take it how you want it or whatever, but we all have a story, right? Whether we are raised in church or not raised in church, or maybe we went to church just Easter and Christmas, no matter what your background is and what you're walking in or wrestling with, or the questions you may still have that not yet have been uncovered or maybe answered or prayers not have been answered. So I guess more or less of what I can relate to Owen in a sense of I was raised um, and born in a small town and we had a Baptist church. That's where we attended. And I literally remember like, Yes. Was Jesus the center of it? Was the gospel presented? Did we have worship? Did we have, you know, Bible studies and all those things? Absolutely. And was it centered on Jesus? Yes. But one thing that I never discovered and uncovered more or less until I was 25, where I think I was a little bit like Owen had transitioned into more of like a Pentecostal setting or maybe a non-denominational church that Mm -hmm. maybe was a little more charismatic, if you want to use that terminology, and really didn't realize and understand like, oh, when I was you know, attending a Baptist church um, all throughout my elementary years up into my first year of college that they didn't talk about spiritual gifts. They didn't talk about speaking in tongues. They didn't really discuss those things. And guess what? I didn't even know they actually existed and what they were until I was 25 when I did branch out and start attending a different church. But to know that there are some churches that believe that the spiritual gifts are for this time, are for this day and age, and are active, living, and functioning, just like they were back in the Old Testament, as well as elements of the New Testament. So I would have dreams or visions or feel like I had words of encouragement for people. Always I felt like I had a gift of faith. Um prophecy prophecy yeah, yeah. and just never was able to put a name to it. Like, oh, I just feel icky about that person, that situation. And didn't have a name to put on it. Wow. That's discernment or the gift of faith. Like, well, God just going to, he's going to show up because I just believe that he is, he is who he says he is. And so I had this weird unwavering faith, like even as a kid, whether it came to finances or my future, and it's not that I didn't do my part or read the word or read scripture. It's just that I never knew that it had a name and my DNA of how God has naturally hardwired me was functioning without me knowing it was functioning. So I didn't know about even speaking in tongues until I was 25 or until I received the gift of speaking in tongues until I was 25. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know. That's just a little bit of my background or elements. Like, I don't know what you come from or where you're at, or if you believe or don't believe. And we're just going to uncover something that I think is going to be super helpful. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, and, and, to touch on a few layers, I'm going to reference back to different words or different terms yeah. that Owen even 
kind of touched on. And the first thing is we'll get into speaking in tongues and the gift of personal prayer language, baptism in the Holy Spirit. We'll get to that in just a second. But he had just talked about Pentecostal views of Christianity. Mm -hmm. And I just want to touch on like, what is Pentecostal? Yeah, that's good. What does that mean? Or charismatic or, Mm -hmm. and and this is what we see. And we, we referenced it briefly, but we'll go deeper here for a second. But Last week we Mm -hmm. talked um, on, can we have all of the gifts of the the spirit? Can we have all the spiritual gifts? Maddie's question. And in Acts 1-4, Jesus has been resurrected. He has not yet ascended into heaven. So for that period where he was resurrected Mm -hmm. and he appears to the disciples, he appears to the the apostles. And Mm -hmm. what he says is Acts 1-4, do not leave Jerusalem. But wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about for John baptized with water. Mm-hmm. But in a few days, you you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So this is where we get the term of baptism in the Holy Spirit. And mm-hmm. then one page turning moment later, the Holy Spirit comes in Acts 2 at Pentecost. Peter had just denied Jesus three times. Right. And then he actually declares Jesus as God, mm-hmm. as the Messiah who they've been waiting for in the Jewish faith in Acts chapter two, what's the difference? How does he go from denying Jesus to declaring Jesus? He received the boldness that Acts one eight says, you will receive power when the Holy spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth. And so this is literally the day of Pentecost one page later. Mm -hmm. And Peter then has the boldness, the gift of, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the power, they spoke in tongues. And he also, it's a fulfillment of Joel 2 in Acts 2. And mm-hmm. so we see that. So Pentecostal is believing the day of Pentecost, believing the gifts of the Spirit, believing the baptism in the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised in Acts 1-4 and mm-hmm. in Acts 1-8, that then Joel had prophesied in Joel 2, mm-hmm. that then is poured out. And, and there's two views that come out of this. Mm-hmm. One is cessationism, mm-hmm. okay? And this is a theological doctrine or view of theology, which, which would say cessationism would be a doctrine that spiritual gifts such as speaking in tongues, Mm -hmm. prophecy, healing ceased in the apostolic age. In other words, Acts 28, those kind of ended. The apostles, they were witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and scattered to the ends Mm -hmm. of the earth. Um, But then when they died, the gifts died. And continuationism would be the opposite of cessationism. Mm -hmm. So cessationism would say kind of that view, Owen, that you grew up in. I don't believe in speaking in time. But he's open, right? Open-minded, love it. But then continuationism would be the camp that we would ascribe to, which is a Christian theological belief that the gifts of the Holy Spirit have continued. Mm Mm-hmm to the present age, specifically some of those sign gifts. We unpacked the the spiritual gifts last week, but some of those tongues, prophecy, healing continued mm-hmm. and we see evidence of it. And I, where I think we wanted to land is I just kind of sketched. If you're watching on YouTube, I'll get mm-hmm. this a little bit closer, but this is something called the Wesleyan quadrilateral. Mm-hmm. If you picture a box with four boxes in it, the first is scripture. The second 
is history slash tradition, the third being experience, and the fourth being logic or reasoning. Mm -hmm. And how about we just unpack each of those real quick? Yeah. For all of us, um, in every theological view, we would all believe the Holy Scriptures. We would all believe, man, if it doesn't, Mm -hmm. if we don't see it in here, it's, we can't just claim it for today. Mm-hmm. So th- scripture is really a baseline, but then second would be history and tradition. And this is where even different denominations, what is there? Mm-hmm. Is there there's thousands of denominations, mm-hmm. each with a few differences or distinctives um, or emphasis mm-hmm. and emphases. And, and we see that some doctrines have been passed down through history or through to tradition. Some things have been lost, mm-hmm. but then if you read the desert fathers, we don't want to forget about fasting. We don't want to forget about, well, confession yep. and other, sometimes things are lost when passed down throughout tradition or history. And then third is really interesting. And this is where um, Pascal Mm-hmm. His his wager, he essentially was a philosopher or theologian, and he brought in philosophy to the Christian faith, and he kind of had this Pascal's wager, it's called. And he said, look, let's, let's believe if for no other reason than logically, it makes sense. And he gave the church a beautiful gift of mm-hmm. rational thinking, mm-hmm. critical thinking, and reasoning or logic. And he kind of weighed the, the odds. He said, look, if we're wrong, but we believe the Christ follower missed out on nothing or very little mm-hmm. throughout earth, but gained everything in eternity. In eternity. Yeah. And then he said the reverse, um, where you would go, you'd be doomed to miss out on the Messiah being Jesus because on earth you gained a little bit of fun. You gained a little bit of freedom, a little bit of liberties, a little bit of lawlessness, but in eternity, you lost out on everything. Mm -hmm. And so he just kind of had this wager, this way of thinking and and weighing the odds. And he said, you're going to miss out on nothing, Mm -hmm. but gain everything in eternity. And so that's where logic and reasoning and and thinking like Mm C.S. Lewis would be another gift to the church this way, even more commonly, Lee Strobel. He was a journalist who was Mm -hmm. an atheist who became a Christ follower. Mm -hmm. And then the last one where we're going to land is experience. Mm -hmm. And I think where any of these could get out of bounds is when we lose the roots in scripture Mm -hmm. and when when we lose community. So to have this isolated experience could be dangerous because my youth pastor asked me this question, what good is it for a generation to be experientially wealthy and yet relationally impoverished. Mm-hmm. Talk about that, Micah. Wow. Well, I don't really have an answer for it. I think it's just more or less a realization that we all need to have is like we have access to elements of the world and information at our fingertips, literally in our pockets, at the end of our fingertips every single day of social media, of involvement, of a false friendship, you know, through likes and through all these other platforms and everything, but to really realize like, wow, at the end of the day, who are my friends? What does my circle look like? Am I in community? Am I in a church community that loves Jesus? That's pointing me to the Bible and through scripture where I get to wrestle with my face, with my faith and discover who I am in Christ. And I think when we are distracted, when we're digitally distracted constantly, or the things are 
pulling at us and eliminating the eyeball conversations um, that are eliminating the shoulder to shoulder sports experiences or theater experiences or whatever that is. I think it just brings forth an awareness of, wow, like I don't want our children or the generation that's currently here to experience everything in a digital world, but have no relational equity. How can you have anyone call you out, call you up? encourage you, exhort you, even who are you going to confess to if you're living for the next mission trip high, if you're Mm -hmm. living for the next summer camp and and not to diminish those experiences or the passion conferences that are stadium gatherings. I think there's real value there. Well, I think in the process, like we live for Jesus and we live through his strength and he's the ultimate purpose of why we're here. We're here to edify the body, to encourage each other, to exhort him and exhort others and just love each other in that process. And I think when we start eliminating or only living for those weekends of fill in the blank, good, bad, and ugly, whatever it is, we we become desensitized to truly what it is, right? Like if you, for example, this would be something. So if I'm watching or if anybody's watching, um, I don't know, violent movies or violent films or war or whatever, we become desensitized towards those things. We really don't even realize it in the process. Or if you eat junk food, you really don't realize you gradually start feeling crummier along the way. You start gaining weight or feel more sluggish or start layering these health issues. You kind of desensitize elements of your body and realization of, whoa, where did this start? Or it's kind of like TikTok, like you're TikToking and it's like three hours later. Wow. I lost three hours of my time, of my day, of my sleep, of my night, whatever it is. And we begin to desensitize and Mm -hmm. the high of the dopamine, the dopamines and the high of the next biggest thrill or the next biggest trip or travel or skydiving, it starts to diminish. And I think Josiah, like we can even be distracted just through our own dilemmas in life or our own surprises in life Mm -hmm. or our own transitions in Mm -hmm. life. And I don't know if you want to go there or not, but even on the drive here, when we were talking about this question, there was a season that our family, you and I, before children were really navigating some new, uncertain, murky water of the future of knowing that God was saying something, us choosing and wanting to step into it. But there's a little uncertainty and a little hesitation in that process. And it feels like you woke up one day and you're like, oh my gosh, wow, when did this happen? And do you want to talk about that? When did this happen moment? For sure. I think that there's probably some roots and there's, we're we're like a layer of an onion, but, but as we peel back a few of those layers, you know, healing can come, Mm -hmm. restoration can come, self-awareness. These are all gifts. And, um, tremendous blessings. But I remember a handful of years ago, maybe Mm -hmm. a half dozen years ago, I went through a a pretty major career pivot or transition. Mm -hmm. And in the process, I think some of my identity was wrapped up in that title or role, um, which that's just uh, an error on my part. And at the same time, I remember kind of waking up one day and realizing like, wow, it's the middle of fall. I haven't seen these, these colors. (laughs) Like I missed all of the green grass. When did the leaves fall? And I have been mowing, I have been cleaning up the leaves, but I think we can get so busy Mm -hmm. that we forget to stop and smell the flowers. We forget to appreciate the beauty and Mm -hmm. we can be so 
caught up in the past Mm -hmm. that we miss out in this moment, or we could be so futuristic and living in the what's next, what's next, what's next, Mm -hmm. that we're not fully here with on the ground in this moment. And for me, I read a a book that was a tremendous gift in that season where Dr. Alicia Bricholi had talked about anonymous seasons, where we're kind of like an iceberg, where maybe, um, what, 10% of us is exposed above the water, but 90% of our being is hidden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and Jesus, his life was a lot like that. Mm-hmm. 30 years of his life, anonymity, yep. hiddenness, yeah. 10%, three years of his public ministry written about, Mm -hmm. dialogued, um, documented. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was one of those moments where appreciating different seasons and look, you might be in a season. I just want to tell Owen and the listener Mm -hmm. this, that having a spiritual gift, such as a prayer language, the baptism in the Holy spirit, speaking in tongues, that doesn't make you any better of a Christian or any less of a Christian or any less of a Christian. Yeah. And and you even touched on this. You had said that you never experienced this gift in your life, but you felt like it doesn't make you any less close to Jesus. And I would double down on that and say, you're right. Right. Mm-hmm. We do see in first Corinthians 14, that Paul instructs us to follow the way of love and to eagerly desire the gifts of the spirit, especially prophecy. And so, but I want to, I want to double down on that and just tell somebody and set you free that this isn't an achievement. Mm-hmm. This isn't a status symbol. Desiring the spirit, spiritual gifts. What I love is the story of Max Lucado. He has written maybe mm-hmm. more books on devotional life and Christianity than he's the best selling Christian yeah. author in the devotional mm-hmm. category of all time. And he is what, in his 60s, I'm guessing, maybe 70s. And okay. he just a year and a half ago, two years ago, received the gift of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I look, wow, don't know him, but I've read some of his stuff. I appreciate him. And here's what I appreciate most about that article that I read. He's a lifelong learner. He doesn't have claim to arrive or know it all. Mm-hmm. And I, I know um, John Piper has talked about it, that he is on Desiring God. He shared a podcast episode. He hasn't received this gift, but he wants it. Yeah. And I think that that's the um, posture mm-hmm. that we're all called to adopt mm-hmm. is eagerly desiring and expecting that God knows how to give good gifts to his children. Right. And, um, can I take it one thing where please. I want to say this? So if you, I just want to say, this, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior and recognize that you are in need of him, that he died on a cross, that he rose three days later, that he is seated at the right hand of the father in heaven. Like if you have said, yes, if you've done the salvation prayer, the moment you say yes to Jesus, that you are filled with the Holy spirit. Like the Holy spirit is kind of like that discerning factor. It's kind of like, I would describe it as like, almost like a moral compass that is like, boom, like in you. And you're just like, whoa, guiding you. Okay. you. Yes. I do fall short of the glory of God. Yes. I am human. Yes. I do need Jesus. Yes. I shouldn't do this anymore. No, I shouldn't do that anymore. Like it has like a moral compass and a moral authority more or less over, over you, I think in a good way, like it helps you navigate. Um, but also can speak to you also can penetrate your heart to be like, Oh, or prompt your heart and kind of poke at your heart and nudge you in, in ways that you're like, wow, that wasn't my thought that had to be father, son, and Holy spirit, because 
that was way too good for me to even think of myself. So I want you to, there's a difference between the Holy Spirit filling you the moment you receive Christ as your savior in the salvation process. And then the Holy Spirit um, fills you with the gift of tongues, which is a outward, I don't know, sign, outward sign of an inward transformation or inward gift that has been gifted. So it's verbally talking in a foreign native tongue that you may not understand that you do not know when you are praying or in your quiet time and just receiving that. So I want you to know that there is a difference between the gift of speaking in tongues when there's the spirit, they talk about that. And then when you do receive Christ. And I'll just say, there's not a lot of great teaching all, all the time about this topic. I think maybe ministers or pastors and leaders at churches are afraid of some of the the topics that could divide. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe they don't know what they believe personally, or they don't want to alienate people and, and it's good intention. But I would just say that um, my experience, I was in fifth grade going into sixth grade summer camp. I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And here's what's common to almost everyone that I've ever met who's experienced speaking in tongues is they always ask the question, almost always ask the question, was this me or was this God? Mm-hmm. Was this me? Did I make it up in other words? Or was this God? Was yeah. this Am I really involuntary? saying that? Am I really was it voluntary? That? Was it involuntary? Am I making this up? And then here's the other thing. And I would just say you have to have a step of faith. Mm-hmm. If if to to experience something that you've never experienced, if you desire, you have to expect and pray and open your mouth in prayer, mm-hmm. ask God to give you gifts, etc. But in the process, I think the other commonality mm-hmm. is that I did interpret the, the experience as a destination. Okay. In other words, I didn't know, no one taught me like, this is a personal private prayer language that you can use this gift and pray and connect and commune with God every single day. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that until I was 18 years old in Belize on a missions trip. And it was almost like a second baptism in the Holy spirit or a reignition mm-hmm. of that gift. Like it had laid dormant the yeah. whole time. It was there, the gift of the prayer language, mm-hmm. the, 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 the speaking in time, it was there, but I remember going door to door and I prayed with a gang member and a drug dealer and they received Christ. And my friend, Micah, he's like, dude, I've never seen you so bold in your whole life. Mm-hmm. But what had changed is I had prayed. Mm-hmm. I had prayed in that prayer language. What's the, what's the purpose mm-hmm. of a prayer language? What's the purpose of speaking in tongues? It's not a notch on the belt. It's not an accolade right. or an achievement or a destination. The purpose we see in Acts 1 and Acts 2 is to edify the body and to give the believer boldness to be a witness. So I would argue that when you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you receive that baptism in the Holy Spirit, you can't help but have a boldness to begin to tell your neighbors, to begin Mm -hmm. to tell your classmates, to begin to tell your family members or your friends about Jesus. It's one of those gifts that the purpose is to launch the believer into a new boldness in evangelism. Mm -hmm. That's the purpose. And so I think that why do we desire the gift? Number one, Paul asks us to or instruct us to. Mm-hmm. The second, it's not that we seek the gift, it's that we seek the giver. Mm-hmm. And that's a deeper, closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Love the quote 
from A.W. Tozer that says, what comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. Hmm. Yeah. So what do you think about when you think about God? He's the giver. But if we all, Mike has asked this question and I'm like, whoa. Uh Uh-oh. What is the question? (laughs) She's asked the question before on this podcast. If we showed up in heaven and God wasn't there, would we even know? Or would we have been so hyper-focused on his gifts Mm -hmm. that we showed up in heaven and had eternity without God, but we had his gifts? Would we notice the difference? And this is where a deeper walk with Jesus Mm -hmm. is so vital. That is the goal. Mm -hmm. That's the desire is to know Jesus, to be known by him, to make his name known. Yeah. And if you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you have received your, your language, your prayer language, I think it's important to also realize what you didn't realize, Josiah, was the fact that you need to exercise it. Yes. And it may, and here's the thing, I just want to say this, it may sound like a weird syllable or like a sound or something where like, I sound like a two-year-old trying to talk. And it's like, yeah, because he's not going to give you the whole language or the whole alphabet necessarily when it comes to that hypothetically, however you want to say that, but it's like, sometimes it's a sound, it's a, it's a word. It's a, it it can be very repetitive at first. You're like, I only say two things over and over and over. Well, when a toddler is learning how to talk or walk, they exercise, they're exercising that they stay stand up. First thing you do is stand up, stand up, put one foot in front of the other. Um, Saying your ABCs, A, 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 Apple, you know what I mean? Like you're adding onto that every time. So really just, if you have received it and it has been lying dormant and you want to reactivate that and Mm. re-engage your language with the Holy Spirit, that is one way to do it is just get in a quiet place, close the door. Okay, Lord, here I am. Speak, use me. You've done this before. Will you do it again? Yes. And when that boldness comes in and over you, like Josiah said, like there will be, there'll be strengthening of your spirit. I don't, I can't explain it, but there will be a strengthening internally inside of you. And it's not power of arrogance. It is like an incredible authority that you feel like you can walk in and you're not ashamed to share. Cause I think sometimes as believers, we're timid, we're shy. We're like, well, I don't know. I don't want to offend so-and-so you don't have to offend people. I mean, the Bible says if they hate you, it's because they hated me first. Jesus says this. If they hate you, Micah, it's because they hated me first. If they deny me, it's because they denied him first. And I just want to, you know, say that to you. If you feel like you've been beating your head up against the wall and you're in a cubicle trying to share with the people around you, you know, you can share silently, meaning they're going to notice through the decisions you make, through your lifestyle, through your pursuit on a weekend of your godly living versus going out and doing whatever you want. They're going to see that that becomes a testimony. So So I think there are just so many elements to this question that people are going to know you, how you love they're going to know you how you live and they're going to know how you respond to even their maybe ungodly behavior. Like you're not going to condemn them, love them where they're at. And when you have that boldness and that strength, that internal strength in you, when that spirit does come upon you in a new way, wow, it's like rejuvenation to your soul that you're like, who am I? Like, God, you're doing something new in me and we should desire that, right? And in the greatest sermon ever preached, arguably the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Mm -hmm. would be a great place, I think, to challenge all of us in this journey. And that's this is what it says. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks to you, the door will be opened. And there's that also Mm -hmm. parable of the unjust judge. 
who kept, you know, there was, there was this guy in the middle of the night, kept knocking, kept knocking, kept knocking on his neighbor's door. Well, just like that, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Maybe you desire mm-hmm. the gifts, whether it's the spiritual gifts, what God has for you, more intimacy with him, more boldness for evangelism, the gift of the baptism in the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, whatever it is, a prayer language, mm-hmm. keep seeking. What a great challenge for all of us to keep praying. Mm-hmm. All of us can live more picking up our cross and following him. All of us can live lives that are more fully surrendered yeah. and seeking him to know him more. Yeah. And just going back really quickly to that last, that quadrant that we talked about is that where they all intersect is hopefully where we can land, where we can understand the history, the traditions of why we do what we do as Christ followers, the scripture to back that up, the logical and the reasoning behind some of those things, as well as the experience. We don't want to camp only in one quadrant and say like, this experience, it's mine. Like we can't change that. Josiah had his experience. I had mine and maybe you have yours, but I do have scripture to back it up. I do. There is logic to back it up. And there is the history and the traditions that went back to the the Acts chapter one and two that we talked about. And so know that no matter what you are naturally hardwired in and towards, you're probably going to naturally want to camp out in one of those quadrants. So I would challenge you, like maybe if you're so logical, you're like, Lord, just can I just experience you in a new way? Can you disrupt my day supernaturally that I, I I just need a taste of what that is because I'm so locked in my logic that I can't even, I can't even imagine what that would be. Or maybe you need to get dive more into scripture. Like, okay, Lord, I'm going to read scripture. I'm going to pray it over me, over my life, over my future, over whatever that is. And God, I just, I want to be in alignment with you. So when all those intersect is kind of where we want to be able to camp for a majority of the time, even when you're naturally not hardwired in one of those. And it doesn't negate or neglect the fact that they're all are needed, I think, yes. more or less. So we're going to put these in the show notes. So you'll have a little bit of a visual if you are wrestling or if you're wanting to take that relationship with Jesus even deeper. So you're listening to the FYI podcast. <laughs>